Oh, he- hello. Um, oh, sorry, I'm a little out of out of out of breath. Um, I I uh, I take it you're the you're the the guru that they said I'd I'd find atop the mountain. I I am the wise woman of the mountain. I I've been I've been traveling for it it. I, I'm sure it must have only been days, but it feels like it's been weeks, months. This 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 mountain really has a way of getting into your head. Um, hi, hi. Um, can can you can you help me? I um, I sense that you seek wisdom. I do, and I I don't entirely know what wisdom I need, but I need I need something to help me find a new direction in life. I need I need some kind of pointer that can can tell me how to how to live my life like how should i be living what what do i need to be how where does my life need to go from here i just need some some sage words of wisdom you don't have to be queer but always try to be a pleasant stranger you know i'm going to just put that over the <laughs> yeah, uh, like like yeah. I did mine last week. Um, <laughs> how does this podcast start? Hello, I'm not Laura Kate Dale, and I'm not Jane Eris Magda, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast that we forgot this week how we're supposed to start. It's it's been a week. How, how are you doing, Jane? It's been so long since we recorded the last one. Nine whole days. You were Nine right. days it was enough to I, just distract me and confuse me. I know this is too many days without a dose of Queer and Pleasant Strangers in in our lives. We've just completely fallen out of the routine i know i'm surrounded by straight people (gasps) it's been awful oh no were you surrounded by people who were a combination of straight and not pleasant daily maori and and they weren't they weren't strangers you knew them Straight Daily Mail readers that I knew. Uh uh <laughs> It's no. fine. As as we said at the beginning, you don't have to be queer to enjoy this podcast. We That's do true. occasionally have a he 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 queerness. We have we have our little moments of that because I think yeah. we're we're permitted it, but Hashtag JK JK. JK 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 L O L O L O L. Oh gosh. I now need I'm to okay, work thank out. you. How are you? I, I'm good. I tell me about your week for a second, because I need to Google the lyrics to a song because I've just got a song Ooh. I've not heard in a decade stuck in my head all of a sudden. Yay! Um I'm I'm okay. I've I've, I've well, we'll talk about the things I've been watching, listening to and playing in in a bit, but um I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm healthy. I have Food and shelter, and that's really the important thing. I, uh, I've, I've had a bit too much news the last couple of days. Yeah, and the world so has just been a bit too much world recently. Too much world. Too much world. You know, Tories in high places being caught out for being in Facebook group, groups that advocate the uh, destruction of the NHS <gasps> and the selling uh, off of all you, uh, council housing. Are you suggesting and... that the Tories are not? putting everyone's best interests at heart and are putting at heart what's best for them and the rich this is a shocking development my 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 running comment for about sadly for about the last eight years has been tory plans to cull the poor continue unopposed yeah it's not that they're really unopposed but like i don't know there's Uh, yeah they have uh, they have a lot more power than i would like them to have and they are doing things with that power that i would not like them to do true but it's fine because we can 
bury ourselves in the world of media and and consumable bits of content that will keep us distracted from the world falling into disrepair. So, yeah. where do we want to start on bits of things that we've we've done this week? Ask a good question. Should we start with the notes. thing that's been like our shared week this week? Yay, what did we play? What did we play? We've both played the same one game pretty much every spare evening we had this week. Uh, we have been playing Dragon Quest Builders on the Switch. <laughs> so... Like, the summary of this for people who don't know about it is it's basically Minecraft with a story mode in the Dragon Quest universe. Is that a yeah. good summary of it? I've never played a Dragon Quest game, so... Okay, uh, you know those, like, slimes you were fighting? They're enemies from Dragon Quest, therefore it's I, in the Dragon Quest. I, I'm yeah. very familiar with the slime. I've yeah. seen the blue slimes, I've seen the orange slimes. Uh, this morning, because I was playing before i left the house today i uh i found my first metal slime <gasps> oh metal slimes are fun yeah so you know what they say the slimes they are a changing <laughs> yeah so this this has kind of been our week and here's the thing i i've played i've played my share of minecraft on and off over over the years but i've never really gotten fully committed into it and i think a lot of that for me is just the lack of a story mode left me with too many options and not enough direction and for me mm. that's slightly paralyzing i yeah i find that i just don't know what to do with myself without some kind mm. of goal or end target or some structure in place and yeah that's one thing i've been really enjoying about this is that this drops you in a world where you've got like here are npcs that need quests completing and here's missions that are going to come up that you have to prepare for and here's different worlds you have to go to to collect specific materials for these quests and mm. it just kind of pointed me the way to go and got mm. me invested enough in the mechanics that I wanted to stick around yeah um I mean I spent a lot of time playing Minecraft I was really into it for a very long time uh never played multiplayer though because again it's very much my fear of other people on the internet yeah um just didn't really want to get involved in in sort of public servers anything like that yeah um i spent an entire year building uh, an adventure map which was apparently reasonably well reviewed is is it still around videos. where people can find it all the videos of it um you can certainly see uh, my trailers for it which i had lots of fun making uh they're on my youtube channel maniac Janiac, and um there's also, um, it should still be available from Planet Minecraft. Uh, it's called AVOL, A View on Life, and it's uh, based on my childhood, sort of. Uh, obviously, my primary school did not literally turn into hell, and uh, it, the the whole story, the the most part of the story revolves around just the the school i went to um but it, it it's it's obviously all in in one one school rather than the three schools i went three or four schools i went to um but yes it it's it's pretty dark symbolism and <laughs> truncated narrative but um yeah i from what you've told me about this over the years it's like it's it's a heavy narrative but one yes. that like seems like it must have been very very emotionally cathartic to to work through in that way and to like get out there i guess not i th i thought it was going to be 
but in the end it was just it dragged up a lot of emotions and that I didn't really feel like they needed to be retreaded it was just like I'd, I'd gone oh, I wonder if I can build my primary school so I built that and then I built a load of plot into it and a load of puzzles and this mechanic where the 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 building slowly sort of degrades into this hellscape um, and, and it's very much about bury your emotions, hide your emotions, don't feel the feelings, don't put things out there and then obviously appalling home life and stuff and um, massive mental health problems the 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 geek, the map literally ends with a, an emotional roller coaster and even takes you through my brief time in a mental hospital uh dealing with depression after a massive breakdown mm. uh when I was 19 and um, so it's very heavy going massive content warning there uh for anyone who does go looking for it but it is there and um it's it's I think it's quite well built I got really into that um my home world that I built just for myself I think that was in 1.8.2. This this was a while uh, ago that your your sort of serious time in Minecraft, wasn't it? Uh yeah, I was still unemployed, so that helped. Um that that definitely so, helps with the time investment for stuff like Minecraft. Yeah. Um I think I I had just got a job when I finished it, which is probably why the end is a little bit abrupt. Um so I think, gosh, it was finished in 2012. There you go. Um, and my own world was uh, Monkey Patania. <laughs> uh, and that's that's really fun. I have Pride Barn, where I have every colour of sheep. Oh. And there is a uh, War of the Worlds um, tripod <gasps> um, oh. that's walking through the jungle near my, my house. There's a little snow village based on sort of... Um, uh, like Icelandic uh, long, uh, like long hauls, like Viking mm. long hauls, and there's uh, uh, a little massage place at the at the very top of a cliff that's got some beautiful views. I had lots and lots and lots of fun. I I would regularly play sort of sixteen eight to eighteen hours a day, and then feel completely exhausted the next day, but still go back it, to playing it. It again. sounds like my uh, World of Warcraft era somewhat, where it's just like. For a while, that was my all day, every day. I can no, I can I can kind of understand it, but I I again like, I I think I only ever leveled up to about level ten on WoW, and just went. Eh, I don't think this is for me. Too many people perving on me. That are oh, you a real girl? Mm. Yes, actually. Yeah, I I yeah. It's just that, like real life. That, that's constantly being questioned. That was the thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like there is one I think major similarity, um, and I think a thing that for me at least is even more noticeable here is because there are small repeated goals. Hmm. I find that like I can lose so much time to this game without noticing. Like, we, oh, yeah. there was that night we were playing, and suddenly it was like midnight, and we were like. With where did this come from? We started yeah, playing um, at like seven-ish, I think. Yeah, I've picked up a bad habit of playing in the morning before I leave. Well, see, so that's like, I've got half an hour before I've got to get in the shower. That's not <laughs> that's not too bad because you at least have like a deadline time that like the universe forces you to stop playing. <laughs> You'd think. 
See, like for me, I can I, skip washing my hair today. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm looking forward to it for um, I'm I'm traveling I'm traveling up to yours the day after we record this, and I'm looking forward to playing it on the train because that seems like a really nice game to just like casually work on a project in it while mm. you're doing something something else like listening to a podcast or traveling. Mm. The thing I'm really looking forward to with that because I finished the first chapter, it's unlocked free play mode. Oh, is but, that when free play unlocks? Nice yep. to know. But um, I don't know if you saw my pictures that I uploaded to Facebook. Not yet. Um, there are so the it unlocks uh, Terra Incognita, which is the free build free build mode. Right. But um, the, depending on how many quests or challenges you've completed in the chapter that you've played or chapters that you've done it unlocks more recipes ah so like when i finished the first chapter i think i'd done three out of five of the challenges Mm. something like that and um it was saying you because you've done this you've unlocked uh stone walls and stone floors and because you've done this you've unlocked stone tools I was like, okay. Okay. And and having started to play through, I'm, I'm probably about a quarter of the way through the second chapter, I think. Um, so obviously, just based on what I know from the first chapter, it feels like um, this one's going to be all about wood. So when I finish this one, I, I, I feel like I'm going to unlock wooden flooring and wooden walls and things like that okay. for free build mode. So I'm tempted to just leave free build until I've finished the main game. The main game. Yeah, that that's somewhat where I'm feeling. Like I'm I'm very close to the end of chapter one, and what I will say is I was surprised mm. by how long this game's story mode is. Like, oh, God, yes. at a guess, how long did we did we spend on chapter chapter one? Probably ten, fifteen, and more hours. I, I mean. Because we're still in that first week with the new Switch game, it won't actually tell us yet. But yeah. I think I would est- if I had to estimate, I'd say about I'd, I'd probably put maybe twenty hours into the first chapter. Yeah, like it's got to be like fifteen was my estimate, but it might well be above that. Like we put mm. some serious time into just chapter nope. one. Um, there's a lot of game for your money here. Um, yeah. The the impression I got from you is that chapter two somewhat retreads some ground you've already covered when you start. So. <sighs> It does feel like taking a bit of a step back when you start a new chapter. You are basically back to square one in a new world that is much more tough to just yeah. survive in. And you ha- But um, you do have like a larger town and stuff. It's hard to tell exactly. It might be slightly bigger. Mm. I, I couldn't really tell. I'm not great at judging distances. Um, and I haven't sort of measured it or anything. But the the thing that really got me was there is an item you get maybe quarter of the way through. Is this the big first chapter? Is this the big the colossal yes. coffer? So this is a big giant chest that, like, if you collect more resources than you can carry, things automatically go there. It's yep. big enough that you can have like pretty much everything you find available to you all the time. It's yeah. the best item. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But the the recipe for it requires certain ingredients that you do not get anywhere near the beginning of chapter two. Yeah. In fact, I I got to the point where sort of the the first major milestone of getting the blue teleportal 
in chapter two, which is like because you you start off in your hub world and then you tele you complete quests, you will be awarded a teleporter. You get a new island to go through where there are different resources that you couldn't get elsewhere. Yeah. So to go then go back to you have to be really careful with what equipment you're carrying around with you. You have to make sure you're clearing everything out before you go on quests. And I, there was a couple of times when I would go through the portal and be like, right, okay, let's start doing this thing. Oh, my inv- inventory's full. Right, well, I guess I'm going back to base. Yeah. Okay, well, I've dropped over everything at, at, at base. Let's go back through the portal. Oh, I forgot to check the time before I left. It's now night time. <laughs> Back to base, sleep, so, back to daytime. The, the thing I did to combat that in Chapter 1 was I built houses with small treasure chests um, yeah. in each of the worlds I went to so that I had somewhere I could quickly jump back to without having to go yeah. the whole way back. And that did seem yeah. to help. Well, the, the point was I was barely through the portal before I was... Yeah feeling like i needed to go back again definitely like you you get used to being able to just collect resources to your heart's content and then you have to think about it again all of a sudden yeah um Um, i i'm i'm excited to see how dragon quest builders 2 changes that because that has been announced yeah as a ps4 and on ps4 and switch uh, that's apparently going to have multiplayer. So oh, I'm will, so ready for that because we, we join together. We will play so much together. Um, yeah, my my sort of progression in in Dragon Quest Builders has slowed down a bit, basically because mm. I I got very close to the end of chapter one and I was like, I'm not ready to move on. There's eighty percent of a dilapidated castle somewhere in this world, and so I've just been renovating a castle. Uh, I spent a while filling in some holes in the walls. Uh, I made a bedroom so that when it get- becomes nighttime, I can sleep in there. I rebuilt a big grand staircase. Uh, I'm about to try and rebuild the the floor on the second floor so that like I can go up to a second stage of the the room. Then I'm gonna try and redo mm. the the roof so that I have a roof on there. Then I'll start dividing it up into rooms and filling them up. And I just want to build this castle now and. I never would have started one from scratch. That would have been way too daunting. And mm. even if there was 90% of a castle in Minecraft, I don't think I would have felt this urge to complete it because I didn't necessarily have that connection to the world. But like knowing that there's this town and I've built it up and there's all my like friends I've collected there and mm. it suddenly makes me go, yeah, I want to spend hours building this castle. You may never leave chapter two. Why will I never leave chapter two? Spoiler warning. Um, I have literally just walked into an area which is a walled castle. <gasps> so I've, I, at first I was like, oh, that's quite an interesting bit of, of castle wall. I wonder if this is another uh, castle like in, in chapter one. No, that's just a, a thick sort of crenellated wall. Okay. Well, what's through this area? Okay, large open space, like you would have a small town or Mm. maybe some farming space. Oh, there's another giant castle with a big hole in it and a boss in it. (gasps) Um, Uh, Unfortunately, just fell tonight as I got to the point of the boss. See, here's here's the thing. I might end up going through this game kind of slowly, but oh my goodness, I'm going to be playing this for months and I'm (laughs) so happy about that. Like this will tide me over until the second game comes out. Yeah, I I think I'm probably gonna do. A, I'm probably gonna play all the way through the main story mode 
then maybe step back and try and finish any challenges I missed and then go I uh, will probably get super invested into Terra Incognita yeah see for me I don't know if I'll get too invested in that free build mode but mm. I want to build this first castle and then I probably mm. won't feel the urge to do it for other castles and other chapters <laughs> but I want to have my like yeah I found a dilapidated thing and I rebuilt it and now it's it's complete and it's mine and I did it. I I love I love how my little castle is shaping up with its like smoking area outside the bedroom and <laughs> that's not what it was meant to be. But I can't never I, smoke in bed. I can't look at it and go and not go that that you walk out of the bedroom and there's a smoking area <laughs> with a nice little like alcove above it so that you don't get caught in the rain <laughs> while you smoke. <laughs> Well, you don't want your tapestry smelling of cigar smoke. Exactly. There's too many nice hanging tapestries. Absolutely. So, yeah. Is this a good Dragon Quest game? Builders. It's awesome. Yeah, we, we have been having a lot of fun with that. Like, yeah. it, it, I am definitely getting my money's worth out of this game already. Like, even if I didn't play further chapters, I'm feeling like, yeah, this, mm, this is good. This is good. I, I think I felt that I'd definitely got my money's worth the moment i met splatrick the pun slime splatrick the pun slime it no i i want i i'm so close to making them my friend and i'm so ready for that they're so good they are so good um so yeah that's 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 dragon quest builders uh have you played anything else this week no there is nothing else only dragon quest builders uh I, I did a little bit of something else, and this is just like a very, very short addition to the podcast this week. <laughs> I played some of Dynasty Warriors 9. That game's not good. <laughs> um, I will try and summarize this as best I can. Dynasty Warriors games are usually about fighting waves of of basically very weak enemies that you can mow down and feel like a big power fantasy. You have to fight your way through a bunch of them. You eventually get a boss that puts up a bit of a fight. You move on. They're Mm over-the-top exaggerated power fantasy, and they do a very good job of making you feel the scope of a fight and making it feel like you are taking part in these much bigger implied conflict. Mm. Dynasty Warriors 9 is all set in a big open world, and the big problem with that is, A, you can see that outside the walls of this small uh, fight you're doing is just an empty field. Any sense of, oh, this is part of a larger battle, completely stripped away. Also, mm. they give you a grappling hook item that constantly you get prompts for if you ever stand near a wall, and this lets you just climb over the walls and go straight for the boss, and it takes out all of the reason to fight your way through the level. It's not good. I, I get what they were going for. They tried. They tried, mm. but they... I hear it's buggy as heck as well. Yeah, it's also really buggy. It's just it it feels they clearly tried to step up the the series and to like not just do the same thing again. And unfortunately mm. it did not work. It is worse for the changes they made. Oh no. Uh, and the other thing is I went digging around in my stuff in my bedroom hmm. and I found uh, an old Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Uh oh. Oh, I know, I know. Literally, I'm I'm not gonna let myself buy any cards, but I found an old Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and I literally just sat and shuffled it and read read the rules a bit, and was like, I know that I do not know anything of how Yu-Gi-Oh is played anymore. I'm not even going to try. Like, 
there are video tutorials that could explain to me how the game has changed. I don't care. I'm going to sit, shuffle my cards, look through them, draw a hand and go, oh, that hand would have been good in the 2004 metagame of Yu-Gi-Oh. That would have been a good starting hand. Shuffle again. Ah, that would have been a, an, that, that would have been an interesting starting hand. And that's Ooh. it. And that I did for like a good hour this week where I was just like, ah, Ah, ooh, ah, yeah. I had I had like a vague Google of like I know that Yu-Gi-Oh has changed a lot since I played it, and mm. oh my goodness, I don't understand any of it anymore. So, like my vague understanding of what changed is there's four new types of summoning, some of which totally ruined the others, so that no one plays the other ones anymore. Like they've been introduced right. and ruined since I last looked. Uh, okay. There's now cards that only let you play cards if arrows on the cards are pointing to the right spaces, and I don't understand it. And I'm just like, so you couldn't play legacy cards with you, current Yu-Gi-Oh. You can still play legacy cards with current Yu-Gi-Oh, but apparently, like, there's no point because you will get destroyed. Yeah, game inflation has just like completely changed the pace of that game. It seems. Like I looked, oh, no. I looked at the 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 deck I still have hanging around. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, this is fine. But when you can summon like eight monsters in one turn now because of all these weird new mechanics, yeah, you you basically made all the legacy cards not work. That's one way of selling new cards. Yeah. See, this is why, like, when we were talking about the Pokemon card game the other week, this is why, like. That I'm willing to put the time into to relearning mm. is that game has barely changed since it was first introduced. It is mm. at its core pretty much the exact same game. Yeah. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh, I can very transparently see having a look now. I'm like, oh, oh god, yeah, that mm. that is painfully inflated just to sell more cards, and I don't, I don't want to mess with that. Yeah. It, it 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 doesn't seem like a good idea, but I had a look at my old deck and I was like, oh, yeah, mm. that was, that was, th those were the days. Yikes. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's everything I've been playing. Mm. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actisoft. Oh, hello, hello. It's another meeting, another meeting. That's right. We're going to have another meeting. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so... Our profit margins, while the highest they've ever been, are not high enough. Our um, investors, just not happy. I'm also pretty aware my voice changed, but it's fine. I'm just going with it. That's um, fine. Over half of our operating profits this year were purely from microtransactions. We mm. need to make more money, however. How do we do this? Well, there are people who don't have money, but still want to use our product. I suggest that... Organs are trading quite highly on the black market. Perhaps we could find some way that players could give us their organs and we'll sell them on the black market for extra money. Oh goodness, this is fantastic because it's technically not paying because you're not handing over any money and you can use organs to purchase uh, loot boxes because yeah. it, you're not using money, you're using an intermediate currency, your organs, which means that it's technically not gambling and they can't legislate against us. 
Exactly. It's all just cosmetics as well. All cosmetics. All it does is makes a small change to the cosmetics at your insides. Absolutely. If, if you're willing to de- donate a lung, we'll certainly give you like a, a 15% bonus on shooting shit. Uh, Whatever it is this game does. Ah, uh, it's fine. What it does is it sells us big money loot boxes. That's what it does. Uh, I think we need to think bigger than this, honestly. I think yeah. we need to be giving people the... the the ability to pay us something that money can't buy. Something that we can really rake in the big bucks on. I think souls. Exactly, you're on the right train of thought. Souls for loot boxes. As long as it's only like one loot box. Because we don't want people getting greedy. Well, exactly. But what we do is we make it a, a special rarity of loot box that they can't get any other way. Like, do you want the ultra, the ultra mega rare crystal loot box? Give us your soul. And ultimately, yeah. it's the same as the previous loot boxes, that there's a slight chance you might get a shiny hat. Can we can we just palette swap the, the loot box so that we don't have to do any more art assets oh, and yeah, this pay is what, one of those this fucking is what artist I'm, guys? This is what I'm thinking. We put like a little sort of sparkly effect in the corner we got off the Unity Assets store. Uh, mm-hmm. The hat is basically the same hat with a filter placed over it. That's all we nice. do. Nice, nice. I like, I like that. Suggesting that we get more people, though. We like we we can't just keep settling for these people that come to our product. You know, yeah. we have to get them, and we have to get them young. So I suggest we attach mobile phones to pregnant people. That way, when the baby is born, they are somehow forced with like their head or foot or whatever. On their way out, they'll be forced to touch the accept button on our EULA. Oh, this is a fantastic idea, particularly with that whole with that whole souls thing, because there's mm-hmm. a limited number of customers. That means a limited number of soul transactions, and if we really want to make this market work, we need to get more people involved. That is fantastic, but you're thinking too small yet again. We need to start <sighs> even earlier than this. Earlier than birth? Yes. I am suggesting we insert a phone so that we can start getting players in utero. Wow. I like your thinking. That's amazing. Before they're even born, they're hitting up the microtransactions. They they got tiny tiny brains. They're still developing. They don't know what they're what they're clicking, but it's not technically gambling, so we're not being predatory. To be fair, we've actually taken most of the real game out of the game. It's just a large red square that you just slap, assuming that you're uh, capable anymore. There's so many loot boxes involved. Actually, finding the game in amongst it all is kind of a challenge in itself. The game it's Oh my goodness, this is the best one. We put the game itself in one of the loot boxes. You're gonna buy enough loot boxes that you open a loot box and find the game. Oh my gosh, you're a fucking genius. I think this meeting is done. Let's go implement these right away. Right away. Let's tell the shareholders. They're gonna cream in their jeans. <laughs> my rival finally the time of our final battle has come are you ready i need to defeat you i'm going to take you down for everything you stand for i can't let you win my granddad's soul is on the line yeah well i'm doing this for my friends and the power of the heart well, my friends are here with me, and their power will allow me to win this very important fight that we have to do. Are you ready? I will take you down. Rock, paper, scissors, activate! 
We both got paper. No, this is impossible. How could they have known my strategy? I have watched all of your previous games. I know exactly what you're going to do every time. Are you getting into my head? I don't know how to process this. I am so far into your head. I know all of your strategies, all of your skills. I know everything that you will <gasps> do. Ready? Scissors. Both scissors. Both scissors again. How are you doing this? You're getting into my head. How do you know my strategy? I have trained under your old master, who has betrayed you. My master betrayed me? Well, that's a good thing that your master also betrayed you. And I now know your strategy. You ma you're going to match me move for move until I do the super secret technique. Ha ha. Scissors again. Ha <laughs> ha. I didn't throw one down. You can't beat me if I don't throw one out. This is the super secret technique that your master was afraid to teach you. You lose by default then. No. If I if you do not defeat me, I cannot lose. Ready. What do you throw out now that I've not thrown out? That's thrown another wrench in the system. I might not throw anything out. How do you read that? I mean, if if you're not even going to play, I'll just go home. No. The souls are on the line. Well, I mean, play Play, play properly or, or I mean I'm, I might as well just go okay. I'm the only one here that wants to play still okay fine 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 making it taking out the fun add a new technique and everything it's gonna be it's gonna shake up the you, meta it, it, it sucks anyway ready <laughs> fine ready paper scissors how ah! you defeated me Finally, I will save my grandfather. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to my friends. I suffer great shame. I will be back. I will defeat you. There will be a whole other series in which I go on a personal journey of growth and ex meeting new friends and training under a whole new master and probably some kind of weighted glove? <laughs> I weighted glove so that you're fast enough that I can't see your hand movements and maybe learning the variant rock, paper, scissors, dynamite. All this in the next series of Rock, Paper, Scissors, Warriors, <laughs> GX, plus Alpha, <laughs> plus Redux. <laughs> so what have you been watching this week? Well, I, um, I'm still slowly chugging through Samurai Pizza Cats, but I have reached The Clench, DM. What is, what is The Clench? The main antagonist, Big Cheese, who is a rat, um in every sense of the word, has appeared in the last few episodes dressed as a geisha and a cheerleader. Mm, and wow. I'm waiting for someone to make that be a joke. Because, you know, I'm a trans woman who has experienced media I, from the you past. And are you suggesting can't. that a piece of media from, like, the late 80s or early 90s would in any way be like, ah, that's a man in feminine clothing into a joke? What? I... I this is not the 90s, I I know. <laughs> well, where's your 90s? Because I want to experience that one. Uh, my 90s was the 90s that didn't include, you know, I, I don't know. Television. Uh, Ace Ventura, Mrs. Doubtfire. <sighs> it, oh. Yeah. I, I lived through a 90s like, that just didn't include any of those and accidentally time hopped to this universe. I think I got a raw deal out of the 90s this, this way around. I think you did pretty well, <laughs> avoiding all of that. Well, I did, I did badly by hopping over to the universe where those exist. Ooh. Wait, you mean they don't exist in this universe? No, 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 I mean... I, Have I, I dropped in from a different universe? No, I was in a universe where they didn't exist, but I've dropped into this one. Oh, no. 
Nice. I don't know if that. If, well, if... I, I'm sorry that you're here, you're here now, <laughs> no. having to suffer with. The, don't be sorry. The, I dropped into the universe with you. Heck. <laughs> mm. But you're waiting for that to. But you're waiting for that to be a joke, are you? I, I, it's, I feel it's just a matter of time at this point. Oh, is that what you Maybe... meant by the big clenches? You're clenching, clenched, like you're yeah. bra- like bracing just for like... it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've all—it's—it's it's, it's sort of vaguely been commented on once. Uh, Bad Bird turns around to Big Cheese and says something along the lines of, "We're already a joke," yeah. um, and people are going to laugh at us. Like, be well, be, gosh, you sound like some of my friends when I first came out. Being worried that <laughs> people will at? laugh is different to being laughed at at least i guess that's true that is that's something. true so like this is why i say i i'm at the clench rather than at the well this show's trash i'm not watching any more of that um so yeah i'm i'm seeing and it's got a bit more power rangers which has been fun they've they've got a big robot that they're pir- piloting around and look looks very zord like oh nice it's um so mm, swing some roundabouts for that show. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds like it. Uh, what else have I been watching? I've been watching uh, the uh, beatbox showcase battles on Swiss beat on the Swiss beatbox channel on YouTube. Lots of very good beatboxers, far better than I. Oh, um, definitely watch out for uh, Napalm, who was amazing um, and rightly deserved to win. Their base is epic. And D-Lo, that dubstep, though. Also amazing drum and bass. What have you... I've just very quickly done a bit of a Google uh, to find out whether a punchline is going to get made in in Samurai Pizza Cats. Uh There is going to be a a punchline. Well, I used to watch Samurai Pizza Cats. Uh, I'm done now. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't seem... Okay... I'm just doing a bit of reading. Do you mind like mild spoilers to like brace yourself? No, because no, I'm I I think that's probably me done. Okay, so the big cheese at one point does get laughed at for an aspect of wearing feminine clothing, but afterwards mm. there is like a discussion in which um the big cheese like people point out they were laugh- pointing and laughing at you, and the big cheese is like let them point, uh, which is well, like that's, uh, that's surprisingly positive. Surprisingly positive um and it's not the last time that he wears feminine clothing well that's something yeah even after being laughed at and being like let them point so it seems like maybe it's not gonna be terrible Uh, maybe then we'll see um i'm i i mean the the thing that that is also an issue with that and I, i think i touched on it briefly earlier is that again it's the main antagonist it's the bad guy yeah that's Oh, it, it always is, yeah. Exactly. Uh, apparently the good guys at one point wear feminine clothing as a punishment for losing a card game. Uh, of course, that's a punishment. Yeah, it's very very much a punishment, but... Yeah, I'm done with that show. Anyway, next. Oh, please. sorry. It's fine. It is what it is. Hooray, media from the 90s. Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So yeah, do, do you want to know what I've been watching this week? Yes, I do. Please so, tell. I've watched very little this week. I've mainly been just like keeping up on my YouTube subscriptions and stuff. But I, mm. I did watch, I did end up watching some of the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. Um, so I this this was legitimately for like a research reason. Um, 
We are uh, yep. over on a different podcast. I do Dice Funk. Uh, we are currently mm-hmm. in the middle of a a heist that is themed around the TV show Yu-Gi-Oh. Basically, we are in the middle it's of an anime card gaming protagonist heist, mm. and I had a bit of a moment of I need to look up some stuff to do with like how do anime protagonists in in card gaming animes act and. What sort of over-the-top flair should should I be adding? Considering like this is my character, the the Yu-Gi-Oh wizard. It's sort of their arc of this D and D campaign. Uh, so I ended up watching not not much of the show. I ended up watching a few key episodes that were kind of to do with this Yu-Gi-Oh arc in Dice Funk, and mm. a sort of to do with how I wanted to resolve this arc. Okay. Um, so by the time this goes up, the new episode of Dice Funk will be up. So anyone who wants to, you know, not have any hint at what might be happening can can listen to that and then come back to this or whatever. But I watched some of season four, I think it is, where they are in a, a Yu-Gi-Oh computer game VR <laughs> space thing that is controlled okay. by the child of a multi-billionaire. And that is very much what this whole heist arc has been in Dice Funk. Mm-hmm. And Wait, so it's all in VR? Pretty much. We accidentally walked Aww. into, like... We accidentally walked into Frank's rival's um, di- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! VR room. Oh. Uh, and there is also an episode that I would say pe- might be worth watching after you, if people are up to date on Dice Funk that is the duel between Yugi and Rebecca... From the end of season one, beginning of season two, is very relevant to how I dealt with the most recent Dice Funk episode. So yeah, I, I didn't sense. watch much Yu-Gi-Oh, but I watched I watched enough of it to go, oh yeah, this is a really just like blatant cash grab for children buy cards. <laughs> play it. But it worked on you. You were saying that you were talking about buying more cards. Just that feeling the pull. Oh yeah, I'm feeling the pull. I'm not going to do it, but I like the pull was there and I'm like, oh, mm, yeah, I feel that pull. <laughs> so I, I felt that pull. And I'm like, yeah, definitely not going to let myself do that. But I did watch four or five episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and that was, that was literally all I watched this week. I really didn't do much of a TV week. Oh, mm-hmm. oh no. I did watch something else. Uh, last time we recorded this, I don't think I'd finished watching Tokyo Ghoul, had I? No. Okay. So I finished watching season one of Tokyo Ghoul, which is that sort of uh, mm-hmm. vampire anime I was talking about last week. Yeah. Uh, the first season ended very impressively. It It mm-hmm. stayed strong the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I will give some, like content warnings i suppose for the first season of that show in its last couple of episodes there is uh an episode or so so probably about 20 minutes that quite heavily focus on a character getting tortured they 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 come out the other end all right but it's quite intense i would say mm. like one one example i will give without any context is the person who is torturing someone makes them count backwards from a thousand down downwards in increments mm. of seven which is a really mm. weird difficult thing to do that you have to think about the thinking mm. there being it's keeping you aware and thinking and present and not mm. letting you sort of just not like just 
drift out of it and not pay attention to what's happening to you. It's like, yeah. that's the kind of stuff where it's like, oh, mm, yeah, they're not messing around with that. Yeah, it's it's um, a torture method that I've actually uh, researched while I was learning about BDSM. Mm. And it's it's one of the things that's sort of been mentioned. There's a lot of crossover between <laughs> actual torture and and learning about certain aspects of BDSM. Yep. <laughs> I've, I, if if I if I ever turn to the path of evil, I do know some horrifying things to yes. do to people. So the the point <laughs> being, like, if you're gonna watch season one of Tokyo Ghoul, just towards the the end, when when a character gets kidnapped, it's like, just just make sure you're in the right mood to be like, oh, that's some intense torture ideas they're they're messing around with uh it might be a bit rough from here on yeah it's it's not a it doesn't happen for particularly long and there you know it does have like an a, like a good resolution at the end but it is like hmm. you just got 20 minutes of like oh that's a bit intense yeah. but season two just came out on netflix like literally today my phone's netflix app was like hey season two of tokyo ghouls i'm like oh, what fantastic timing so i know right it's almost as if you knew it. yeah so i've not watched any of it yet but next week i'll probably talk about season two so there yeah. we go that's everything i've watched this week heck heck hello hello have we got everyone here for the meeting yes 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 oh yes welcome welcome one and all uh all of the delegates from all of the manufacturers of food and drink and other edible consumable products um welcome to another another hopefully productive meeting of the this product was vegan but we should put milk in it for giggles council <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. that's always funny oh, yes. always funny oh, oh yes so what progress have we made since last we had a meeting well we've taken all of the versions of jammy rogers we've stuck a little bit of whey powder in all of it <laughs> oh, oh yes they were totally fine before and they don't taste any different now but they they now have milk in them for some reason oh no uh, oh you should see our social media so many cross vegans uh, get on your twigs and grass you fucking oh, vegan goodness sport. goodness we don't even warn them we don't make a big song and dance about it we just sneakily put them in there goodness knows how many vegans have accidentally had it because it was vegan and now it's not <laughs> oh, oh i love trolling a vegan oh, secretly goodness. getting them with a little bit of egg so we've been making real progress in the crest department uh our flavors that are nothing to do with meat are not vegan they've got milk in them salt and vinegar's got milk in but yeah. the meat flavor ones they're vegan there's no meat in the meat but there's non-vegan things in the non in the flavors you would think would be fine. That's really going to upset the ones that don't even like the idea of thinking about eating oh, meat. Oh goodness, which means yes. they won't even eat those. Their, their only option, if they want to have a crisp, is to have one that tastes like meat. The irony. Oh, the irony. I love fucking with them. Oh, what other what other options do we have? We've been swapping all of the biscuits. All of the ones that weren't vegan now are, and all the ones that aren't now are. And we haven't put anything on the labels to tell them. <laughs> oh, goodness, 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 goodness. Also, we've been preparing everything in the same factories. So now everything may contain traces of milk oh. and nuts and eggs. <laughs> goodness, goodness, it's all little. It's, 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 you're, you're making them play a gamble and see how much they're, they're willing to go through. They'll never eat again. Oh, goodness. So... 
uh, you know what we've done to even more throw them off. We've taken things that seem like they shouldn't be vegan and we've made them vegan. Finding things that are vegan now is like looking for needles in a haystack. Did you know that we made Skittles vegan? You wouldn't oh have thought, goodness. but they are. And we don't advertise it. We just leave people to work it out on their own. All of them or just some of them? <laughs> oh, ah, that's the question, isn't it? I know the red ones are. I know the tropical ones are. What about the others? That's a guessing game. I've, uh, I've, I've just heard word, in fact, that we've managed to buy the website Barnivore. We're <gasps> slowly shutting it down. They oh. won't know what to drink. Oh, goodness. Why did we do that? Who knows? Just <sighs> to fuck with them. Just to fuck with them. Oh, goodness. So you know what my favourite thing we've, we've been mm. doing is? And this isn't mm. a necessarily a, a consumptive in the traditional sense, but, yeah. um, you know, tablets. Yeah. You can make the, the little sort of like um, dissolvy, plasticky uh, capsules they come in. You can make it out of... We can make it perfectly fine out of uh, garlic, I believe it is. Mm. But we don't. We make it out of... We make it out of gelatin. And every time, every time. Indeed. <laughs> and many places make it out of both. We'll have a gelatin option and a garlic option. There's no reason not to just make the garlic one. But we make the gelatin one anyway, just so that you'll get confused and think, oh, I know that, that I picked up a bottle of those the other week and they were vegan. And you go in the same shop and buy the same product. You accidentally got the not vegan one. Oh, oh you won't like this. R&D. R&D, you're doing it at sort of a... Bertie Bot's version. <laughs> so it's a mystery. You don't know which one's which. Some of them are garlic based and so some of them are gelatin. <laughs> oh, goodness. On top of this, uh, even things that sound like they should be vegan and aren't, like um, orange juice. Did you know heart? if we put heart healthy on an orange juice, that might mean it contains omega 3 oils derived from fish. That's fish. <laughs> it's wonderful. Fish wonderful. In fresh, I love pure fucking... orange juice. <laughs> Ah, I'm glad to hear we've all made such productive progress. Uh, in terms, in terms of next time, I want to see people starting to put milk in previously vegan-friendly dark chocolates. That'll really get them. I'm also considering taking the meat out of chicken. <gasps> <laughs> Hello, hello. Um, it's it's good to see you. Come in, come in. Um, I I I have a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, your CV was was looking um pretty good. Um, I, I we'll we'll get we'll get to this in a bit. But I'm I'm a bit confused by you having a date of death on your um form. But you're here, so I'm sure everything's fine. Um, just uh, to start off by telling me about yourself. <sighs> Interesting, interesting. And uh, what what are your strengths? <laughs> and um, what what would you say your biggest weakness is? Brains. Oh, brains is a big weakness to have. Uh, wh why do you want this job? <laughs> See, I hear that from a lot of candidates these days. It it it's a good answer, but it doesn't set you aside much from the pack. Um. Where would you like your career to be five years from now? Hmm. Unconventional answer, but I'll take it. Um, what did you like like least about your last job? Yes, yes. Uh, that I suppose so. Uh, one one final question, I I suppose. Uh, do you have any questions for me? I can't offer you those until you've got the job, unfortunately. Brains are reserved as a as an employee benefit. Um 
Look, I, I, it's been very lovely chatting to you, but um, we we may we may get back to you. Uh, it, it, don't worry if 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 you don't hear from us, don't worry. But we will we'll get back to successful candidates uh, soon. Thank you for your time. <sighs> Do we want to talk about things we have listened to this week? Yeah, what have you been pumping into your ears? Uh, so the the song I've had like on loop the last like day and a half since, uh, and this song I knew it from years ago. I'd completely forgotten about it, and it came up on Tumblr or somewhere. Was um, I don't want to live on the moon from Sesame Street, mm. which is this really sort of sweet melancholy song sung sung by. Ernie? Ernie. I, I was I, I never remember which one's which. Sung by uh, Ebert. Yeah. Ebert. 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 Yeah, that that's how I always remember it is Ebert. Ebert. Um <laughs> That's how I remember it. Yes. Too. Um so Ernie basically sings this song about like a lot of aspirational places places to go and things to do in life. And basically his conclusion with every one of them he brings up is like, Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice, but you know, I I don't I don't want to live on the moon because I'd miss all of the the friends and people I love back on Earth. Mm. You know, and I've been listening to that a lot as someone that like growing up as like a really socially isolated child. I used mm. to really have my academic focus on wanting to be an astronaut because there was something romanticized about the idea of getting away from the Earth because mm. you know. All of the of all of the people who are like nasty to you or don't understand you, and all of those problems yeah. just seem attached to Earth. And there's this mysticism of if I could just get far enough away, everything would be different. Yeah. And I think the reason I've stuck listening to this song this much this week is oh. I I listened to it when it came up, and I had my sort of realization, and this was a really positive thing: was realizing I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to mm. live on the moon because as the song is pointing out like I there are there are friends and people I love now that I mm. you know wouldn't want to leave behind and that's seriously a relatively recent thing like it's only been in the last few years that I've reached a point in my life that feels really healthy to have reached where it's like oh you're going to offer like first manned trip to Mars and there's a chance I'll never return yeah sure I'll take it you know, I'll, I'll yeah. go to space, and now I'm like, mm, yeah, space, but also all, all my stuff's here. Got, I got a life down here. And and that feels like a really healthy point to have reached, where I'm now like, mm. life is worth staying on Earth for. This is good. Yeah. I'm very glad. So Because I would miss you. Yeah, I would miss you too. So I, I've just been, like, the last day and a half, I've pretty much just been listening to I Don't Want to Live on the Moon, and going like, yeah, I don't want to live on the moon. Go me. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Tell me about something you've been listening to. Ooh. Um, apart from all the beat books. I listened mm-hmm. to uh, Bass Nectar's mixtape number 13. Ooh, uh, tell me about it. Which is this. available on SoundCloud. It's a very good selection of typically Bass Nectar type tracks. Bass Nectar doesn't play EDM necessarily or dubstep. It is literally Bass Nectar. Just beautiful bass sounds poured into your ears 
um, I read an interview with him. He uh, or uh, watched an interview with him years ago where he's saying he's talking about how he doesn't make dubstep, but he doesn't make EDM. He, he just makes bass nectar. It's um, and how it, coming from like a, a, a metal slash rock sort of background into EDM has has given him sort of like a, a different way of looking at the music. You because dubstep originally came in from. Uh, the two-step garage scene in Essex. So to sort of come at it from a different view of it's metal, but instead of using like thrash uh, thrash guitars, you use uh, wubs. Ooh. And for for me, who really liked a lot of metal uh, and listened, regularly used to go to metal clubs back in the day, to now go like, yeah, that's it's it's almost like a loop because my musical journey was. Lots of very angry metal, um, more more angry metal, into uh, hard style, softening down a little bit into jungle drum and bass, and then into like psytrance trance, and then to, I listen to a bit of everything now: electro swing, drum and bass, dubstep, disco, funk, ghetto <laughs> funk, yeah. uh, uh, classical music. So it's a sort of I, it's it's been a bit of a, a melting pot and then sort of looping back through going well actually there's sort of ties to the old musics I used to like mm. but with more of like this electronic thing to it it's been quite it's quite nice sort of coming full circle yeah but everything is different now that I've come back <laughs> I, I, I've had a similar sort of musical journey to you in that like a lot of my music for a while was very angry guitar-y stuff um Mm. And lit- maybe literally in just like the last like eight to eight months, maybe a year, um, mm. I've really started to enjoy a lot of uh, dance music, um, which was previously like one of the few genres that just didn't really click for me. There's a lot of bad dance. Oh music yeah, there is. You've, you've definitely shepherded me to like ah, here is the good stuff. Um, it's it's one of those things that people talk about dance music like it's a single genre where it's like mm, no, there's mm. like a lot of different genres within that and some of them you're going to get on with and some you're not. Mm. Um, it definitely helped going through like a big, uh, you sent me a bunch of music to just be like, here is music arranged by genre. Go. Yeah, I, I sent you something like 30 of my old mixes yeah. that I'd collected over my, well, 10, year, 10 years this year of, of raving. Heck. Um, so I gave you some, uh, there was some hard dance, some hard house, um, some electro swings, some dubstep, some bass nectar, some uh, happy hardcore. Um, was there any ragatech in there? There might have been some ragatech. Uh, a lot of lot of trance, side yeah. trance. I got on very well with a lot of the side trance stuff. That was you that did. was good. Uh, but yeah, it was it was nice to be like, oh, I'm actually like taking the time to work out the differences within this genre mm. which helped but um yeah, yeah my my stuff's fairly eclectic now and that there's a mix of like heavy big guitars and some types of dance music and songs from musicals and acoustic numbers from Sesame children's Street. shows and all Some sorts of things i think that's the best way to be really yeah. experience a bit of all the music different music for you different have to moods. like all of everything exactly yeah very much like so. i i've been really enjoying like a particular mix you sent me this week uh that's been Ooh. my default like work music because of its sort of 
positive, bouncy, driving beat that it had. And hmm. y- d- did you mention John Bongley last week? I did. Yes. So there's a specific uh, hour and a half or so mix that is John Bongley, Rumpus... Uh, 2014. F- uh, Febru- yeah, 4th of, February 20, uh, 4th of February 17. You can find this on SoundCloud. 14. It's soundcloud.com slash John Bongley. And this hour and a half mm-hmm. mix is just very sort of like swing focused, uh, very upbeat and bouncy. Mm. Oh, it's so good. I was just... The pl- version of Feel Like Jumping on there is incredible. Oh, it's And I need to so message good. him and ask him if he can tell me which remix that is. Yeah, it, it very much is an hour and a half of music that I listened through and then stuck it straight back to the beginning <laughs> and kept going. It's very easy to do that with. Yeah, so... so some of the mashups in there are pretty crazy. There, there are some... Very, very interesting ones in there I wouldn't want to spoil for people. But no, if, no. if you like the idea of like sort of a nice bouncy swinging beat and some upbeat positive music that it's easy to mentally tune out and just kind of do other things while mm. it's on, I very much recommend that set. It's definitely a toe-tapper. Oh, it is. Um, it's it's criminally under-listened to. It's had under a thousand plays on SoundCloud, so oh, go, no. go bump them numbers. Do it. Bump the numbers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what else have you been listening to? I've uh, been listening to a bit of Samuel today. Ooh. Uh, I've not listened to Samuel in a while, and it's been, he's been sort of scattered throughout the several thousand tunes saved on my phone. Uh, particularly liking uh, Exhale, Distracted Mind, and Dark Sunrise. Um, Samuel is someone I met out clubbing ages ago. He used to work in a warehouse and decided that he was bored of living by society's rules, so he made himself homeless, sold pretty much everything he owned uh, to buy a laptop and some um, a, a digital audio uh, workstation, and just started making music and couch surfing. I, I just very quick aside, uh, I have a very good music recommendation not from this week that is someone who did something very similar. Uh, if you go look up the artist, the Homeless Gospel Choir. Oh, yeah. So, good. so the Homeless Gospel Choir is like one man and a guitar, and he did a very mm. similar thing where he tours. Basically, just he is he is technically homeless. He couch surfs. He does a lot of like support um, support sets for other bands, and basically like mm. does so in exchange for somewhere to stay. And He's he's got some really emotionally powerful like just one person and a guitar stuff. Um, yeah, good voice. Very yeah, good voice. very very unique voice. Um, yeah, one one of my favorite ever like lyrical observations from any musician is from a track of his called Untitled, um, mm. and very very brief mention of um, suicide, but. He he mentions in this line, um, I'm I'm proud to say I haven't I I've not attempted suicide. Just enough of a pause that it sounds like that's the whole thought, and then he goes in the last three years or in the last eleven months mm. or whatever it is. And there was something really magical about being in the room while he sang it because the whole room mm. just starts to cheer and applaud, and it really changed my mindset on having been someone who's been through suicidal stuff. In that it mm. takes it away from being don't focus on having tried to commit suicide in the past as a failure and go yeah but think instead of the victories of every day since then mm. and that like was a really beautiful observation i've never seen anyone made make before so yeah check out the homeless gospel choir anyway that was my diversion aside back to your couch surfing musician 
yeah, so Samuel, um, Samuel likes a lot of different music. Um, has released a couple of EPs, uh, so that you'll find sort of variations on dubstep, drum and bass, uh, trance. Um, I think it's Distracted Mind is quite trancey. It's about eight and a half minutes long, and it's quite, it's quite a journey to go through. But yeah, you can find Asanyol on Beatport, and I think there's some on Bandcamp. Mm. So yeah, fancy a bit of, of interesting dubstep, drummer bass, techno, random dark music. Ooh, Dark Sunrise. Definitely Dark Sunrise is a good one, which he did with uh, Quilt Zone. Yeah. So yeah. That, that is going to be on my yeah. to-listen-to list this week. Well... I can play you some when you come over tomorrow. Well, that sounds lovely. Um, in terms of music stuff, this is not a uh, a song I necessarily want to recommend. Uh, I think it's aged pretty terribly, but it's stuck in my head, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna mention it just so you can get a sense for what my music taste was like. Let's say about 15 years ago, somewhere in that range. Um, <laughs> like at least a decade, probably closer to 15 years. So this is a song called "For Sure" by the Medic Droid. And the reason this came in my head is I I don't know if this was when we were on air or not. I think I think we'd started recording. Uh, yep. The J K J K J K J K L O L O L O L is a line from this song. So it's kind of a mix of like rock and sort of like very very like mid two thousands emo dance music going okay. on that was layered with like. A lot of lyrics that, like, sort of scene kid, emo kid in the mid-2000s thought were like, oh, that's edgy and cool and uh, I'm listening to cool mm. music because uh, I'd get in trouble for listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's very weird looking back at the lyrics. Mm. Um, right at the beginning, it talks about snorting sexual bodily fluids while engaging in anal sex in a car is is very I think we've all been there yeah uh it's it's lots of like pulled up at the stoplight did drugs off the dashboard look at the mess we made tonight it's a lot of like oh all these are these are things to reference no sex in a car is hard yeah kick off your stilettos and fuck me in the back seat Fuck me in the back seat. Uh, I don't think this song has aged well, but the beat is really catchy and addictive. And as soon as, like, JK, 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 LOL, got in my head, I couldn't not think of this song. It's it's weird. I, I would say, like, maybe listen to this to get an idea of why it was so catchy, but, like, brace for probably some problematic stuff in there. I can't talk. I was absolute trash as the teenager slash early 20 something yeah listen to a lot of guar and a lot of dbx so yeah th- this was a very eclectic era of music um I-, I i will put a couple of like recent things i've been listening to that are just like i probably don't have to describe these songs but they've just been on my to listen list a lot this week i keep mm. listening to diana ross's i'm coming out because <laughs> Are you? That's, uh, I thought everyone knew. Uh, or is there some some other spoilers? I'm, do? I don't know. What am I coming out as? I'm uh I I'm politically on the far right. Ah, I'm coming out. No, I'm I'm not. That that is that is a lie. So Diana Ross, I'm coming out, which is I don't know what it is. It's just a very positive, like nice song that again stuck in my head. And the other one was Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." 
which just makes me really happy and smile. Is she the original artist? Uh, I think so. Ah, Winging Whitney. Let me let me know. Is she or is she not the original artist? Apparently so. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I I was unaware until I googled that she was the original artist. Uh, but yeah, just those two songs are just kind of. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what song was stuck in my head yesterday now. Lost it, which is probably for the best. I know it was something off the Get- Ghetto Funk All Stars album. Um, oh, it was um, I, their version of uh, I Get Around. Ah. Which is very good. Got to love a bit of Ghetto Funk All Stars. Yeah, but there, was there any more music you've been listening to this week? Um, no. Oh, that's all right then. I think the only that's other it. thing. How about you? I, I listened to a bit of Lady Gaga. Yeah. La- Lady Gaga's good for a bit of like, yeah, motivational sort of upbeat pop. That's like, yeah, you can do the thing. You're great being you. Just kind of a bit of that. Never a bad thing to have in a week. She has some very Intense. catchy music. I've not listened to her in a long time, and I'm like, oh, since I stopped listening, she has continued to put out catchy hits. Yay. There is one other thing I've listened to this week that Ooh, made me very happy. What was it? Your former <gasps> colleagues over at LPVG. Yes. Their podcast has re-emerged In- into the wild. Indeed. After um, after a lengthy hiatus, uh, necessitated by things like one of the hosts nearly dying for a while, um, yeah. the Let's Play Video Games podcast is back. Uh, it's back in a new, slightly different format to when I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now a monthly podcast as opposed to a weekly one, but... Yay! Joe and Vicky are podcasting again, and it's really nice to hear them have have a fun, you know, time chatting to each other. It was super lovely to hear them chatting again because I've missed them dearly. Yeah, I, 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 it, it's, it's good that you brought that up. It, it's definitely worth. Like, I listened to the first episode. It was a lot of fun hearing them chat again, mm. and I'm glad they're back. And, and I've like, I've heard a few people going like, "Hey, like." It's a shame Joe and Vicky haven't done anything. And I'm like, ah, they have, in fact. Indeed. They are back once again with the ill behaviour. They are back once again with the uh, not as ill as they were behaviour. Well, n- n- no, I mean ill as in sick, not as in unwell. <laughs> ill as in sick, another <laughs> synonym, a second synonym for unwell. <laughs> I know, I did it deliberately. <laughs> it's almost like we deliberately do humour. Fnaf, 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 fnaf. Twiddles moustache. Uh, so yeah, that's everything we've been listening to this week. Heck. Introducing the most action-y action film of 2018. You know it's good, because we're going to fade to black a good 30 or 40 times in this trailer. And also, we'll do this. <laughs> I'm Lily Action. I just woke up. There are goons in my bathroom, but I need to pee. Everything is falling apart. My life depends on today. There's someone at the top of government that's pulling all the strings. Mr. President, you're impeached. All of the guards you can see are lowering their guns in disbelief. What's happening that you cannot see is so shocking, it's put a war to an end just through sheer shock. Aliens are attacking. Just as well I have these rocket pack and all these guns. 
sure, we're gonna show you pretty much the entire movie beat by beat in this trailer, but do you care? No. I need you back, Emma. The enemies are many and strong. I still don't forgive you for the thing. That sounds like plot and character development. We just don't have time for that. Time to throw in some dramatic lines that make you know that this is important. Today is our day of independence where we will cancel the apocalypse. That's two lines together. That makes it better. We have to go to space to blow up some more stuff, while the camera constantly whirs around us like a Michael Bay movie. Who are we fighting now? I have no idea, but it's going to look amazing. Even more fades to black. We told you there'd be a lot of them. Someone you've heard of is Lily Action in the actioniest action movie ever actioned. And now we end the trailer with a scene that's not actually gonna make it in the movie. But it looks cool. And another one of these. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brocial Justice Warriors! Oh, hey, hey. How, uh, how are you doing? I'm oh, not bad, Larry, are you? Oh, I'm alright, Barry. Um, nice, I, nice. You know, I'm, I'm having an alright day, but I got, yeah? I, I got myself into a bit of an online, online discussion that's kind of sucked up a bit of my day. Ah, you say discussion, was it uh, being civilised? Well, you see, I was trying to be civilised, but I felt like I was making a bit of a one-sided argument. It felt like I was wasting my breath a little bit at times. Oh, no. You know, those kind of arguments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, problem I've had today is um mm. that that topic has come up once again, comes up all the time, um about trying to keep transgender people out of bathrooms. and Oh, for God's oh, sake, they I just want to pee. Oh, I know, they just want to pee, and... Is is what I've been I've been you know grappling with and trying to work out how to explain to people is the 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 argument on paper is people saying oh you can't let this happen because because men that are not transgender will pretend to be trans women and will use this as an excuse to go into women's uh, spaces like bathrooms and changing rooms and to perform acts like sexual assault and. There's a couple of big problems with that, obviously. The first one being, crimes like sexual assault are still crimes. If someone is not afraid to do a crime of sexual assault, I don't think there's a woman on the uh, symbol on the door is the thing that's like, oh, don't want to break that crime. Like, nope, I don't I, think that's really going to stop me, is it? No, exactly. And even then, if, they, if someone were to, for whatever reason... Also, this is the thing... There are countries where self-ID is a thing that trans people can do, and there has been yep. zero uptake in crimes against women as a result. It's, it is a fictional thing. Does not happen. But even if it did happen, they've still committed a crime and would still be punished for it. It's not, exactly. it's not like because they entered under the pretense of being transgender, their crime stops being a crime. Exactly. It, the, 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 there are already pr protections there that are perfectly legitimate already, without hurting anyone in the trans community. Oh, indeed. And on top of this, I think I think one part of this discussion we need to like focus on is all of these discussion points. Um, a lot of them are things that we've dealt with before. A lot of the propagandist stuff that we've dealt with before. Um, the example I use is in like the the, the go back several decades. We had countries trying to stop gay people from entering same-sex spaces, like trying to keep gay men out of uh, out of men's 
toilets and changing rooms for fear that they mm. would commit sexual assault crimes and things like that. Yeah. And again, the, the theory was you can't let people who are attracted to you into a shared gender space. And as was very much proven, gay people use same gendered, uh, same sex, uh, single gender areas currently. And that doesn't cause problems because again, them committing sexual assault is still a crime. It's not, somehow not a crime and that's the thing is we already have a use case example of a group being threatened like oh don't let them in the bathroom they'll they'll sexually assault you Mm. um letting them in and going oh nothing happened because sexual assault's still a crime and that's still a deterrent as as I keep, I keep saying, if if anyone is in real danger of any kind of transgender bathroom bill, bills and or the the constantly bringing it up and talking about it, turning it over and over, it's it's trans people. They're going to be the ones that suffer, and you know they go through quite enough shit as it is, oh, having indeed. these stupid conversations, these ridiculous straw mans about some hypothetical bloke who might pretend to be trans just to. It's a lot of fucking effort oh, to go through go through any sort of transition, you know, risking losing family and friends and everything else. Uh, uh, the ridicule, of possibly being attacked uh, physically in the street or even killed, just to to try and rape someone in a bathroom. When frankly, if that's what you really want to do, you'd probably do it without dressing up, you twit. Oh, exactly. And then the last thing I just want to make sure it's pointed out is people. People are freaking out at the moment about self-ID as a thing and being like, oh, if people can just say they're trans and that's enough, uh, then what's to stop someone saying I'm trans and walking in a bathroom the same day? And I think what people fail to understand is that there is obviously context taken into account. Um, If someone self-identifies as trans and, you know, they, they were assigned male at birth, but they now identify as female... There's a certain degree of, like, you probably go and tell your employers that. You probably, you know, Mm. change your details on social media. There are things that you're probably going to do to make sure that you are respected in the identity you have. And all of those things come with consequences. Like, you don't lightly go to your boss and say, I'm transgender, but change nothing else in your life just so you can sexually assault someone. That's exactly. that's not a thing. And if someone's, no. you know, if someone falsely claims to be trans, you probably just have to go, uh, are you? You've not actually told anyone this other than now we're accusing you of a crime, you know? So, like, a lot of this is hypothetical straw mans that just don't exist. Like, these are not problems that happen. We've seen self-ID in other countries and it just didn't cause any increase in crime. Exactly. Interestingly, one of the only times that it has been even uh, brought up as a suggestion was the last time the uh, bathroom bills were being brought up in America, and there were all these people arguing for uh, against uh, transgender people being allowed to use bathroom they identify with. They were saying, well, I'm going to burst into a bathroom. I'm going to cause a problem. Oh, yes. Again, that's not a trans person calling the problem. No, you've got... That's you saying, I'm going to walk into a bathroom and say I'm a woman just because you want to be an arsehole. Oh, exactly. And this is the thing. It's like, the issues you had were people who were just straw man being like oh yeah this is a thing that happened i'm doing it now therefore it's a thing that will happen it's like no yeah. you're doing you're doing it yourself to try and make a point 
The fact that you couldn't point to existing examples, you had to do it yourself, suggests it's not a problem. Because exactly. if this was a problem, you could point to like existing real-world examples rather than exactly. having to go and do it yourself. Exactly, and they don't exist. They just don't. Yeah. Well, this is a good chat. I'm glad that you saw my point of view, at least, because it's annoying how many people I feel like I'm beating mad against brute more with on this topic. I know, but, you know, if you if you want to... If you truly want to be an ally, it's about, you know, keeping keeping going the fight because we can choose to stop any time we want. But trans people have to face this every day. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important that if you are going to be that kind of person that you do make the effort. Yeah, exactly. Well, right, well I'm going to head off. See, see you later. Lovely seeing you again. Yeah, have a good day. Will do. Do you need a bra? I do. Do you need a bra that... Let's you know whether it can help you with basic uh, quiz questions. I do. I don't know, brah. Oh, sorry, it's no help at all, then. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's no bra. help. But it'll, it'll let you know that it doesn't know. Well, that's nice. Would Would you rather I know, brah? I'm one of each, then, just in case. <laughs> For every occasion. Do you need a bra that will escort you to someone with solely same-sex attractions? That's gay, brah. You! I want to take you to a gay bra. <laughs> uh, okay, you beat me there. That's <laughs> that's that's a good one. <laughs> uh, do you need a bra that will tell you whether a space is filled with something or not? I do. It's nothing, bra. It's nothing, bra. Do you need a bra that will make a series of sudden, loud, sharp noises outside of daylight hours? Yeah. Banging night bra. Do you need a bra that will let the people around you know if you're getting dehydrated? I do. Give us a drink, bra. <laughs> uh, the lovely and talented Lydia Blizzard wants to know, Do you need a bra that resembles a stripy African horse? Zebra. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, 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 I'm ready, yeah. My uh, <laughs> body is ready. For the zebra. <laughs> uh, do you need a bra that will tell you jokes on the same format every time, uh, usually involving people entering a drinking establishment? Three people walk into a pub, bra. <laughs> Three people walk into a bra. <laughs> Three people walk into a bra. Three people walk into a bra. Do you need a bra that will tell you when you've been copulating on the ceiling? You fucked up, bra. (laughs) Is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week? (laughs) I think so. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Uh, We should probably do self-promotion. The most important piece of self-promotion to start with is my cat Smudge, who I forgot to mention at the start of of this episode, has been quietly cuddled up on my lap all episode. You can find... The secret third member of our podcast. You can find Smudge at my house. Uh, You know, my house. That's where Smudge is. So Smudge has just been very well behaved. She's been quiet. She's had a nice cuddle. I've given her a stroke. Um, she hasn't headbutted the head f- the the microphone at any point in recording. She's been oh. a very well behaved third member of the podcast. Uh, She's an excellent guest. So, in terms of self promotion for people who are human and do things on the internet, Jane, where are you on the internet? How dare you insinuate that I'm human? Ah, uh, I apologise. 
I am at at Maniac Janiac on Twitter. I'm at StoneMonkeyRadio.blog on WordPress. And one day I'll get a .com, maybe. Ooh. Mind you, having said that, it's probably now been stolen. <laughs> and I can be found as Maniac Janiac on YouTube. Uh, How about you? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz most places on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at uk. You can also find me on Dice Funk, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition real play podcast. Uh, each, very good. Each season is a self-contained story. I'm on seasons 3 and 4. Season 4 is currently ongoing. I play a Yu-Gi-Oh! wizard. Oh, a thing I did this week. Uh, season 3 of Dice Funk. There is a character that I play called Veltari. And at one point, she ends up getting a tattoo, and I got that tattoo done today, and I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad you love it, because it looks awesome. Uh, So thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Uh, We'll have another episode for you again next week. Thank you very much, and until next week, be a stranger.